Welcome to Aspire Higher Health and Fitness. We are a fitness and lifestyle company that takes a holistic approach to achieve a better you. Aspire Higher Health and Fitness is about overcoming. What does overcoming mean? It means overcoming the obstacles life throws at you. We are here to help you get out of your own way. Bust down those barriers, break through any and all limitations. Follow us each week as we discuss how to level up your life. Welcome everybody to another episode of Aspire Higher Health and Fitness. We are back. We are actually gone a little bit last week just because we were doing the fun moving thing, which was not overly entertaining, but at least Nothing part of Nothing fun about moving. <laughs> but we are back for another podcast with our wonderful guest, Dan Tatton of Seven Movements. Dan, say hello. Hi, everybody. And Tracy. Hello. So let's jump right into the health and the fitness and the fun. Is it, is it always fun? Yeah, usually oh, fun. I have fun. <laughs> Dan, do you always have fun with when you're training? Always. Always? Well, before we get into our actual topic, I'm actually just going to ask that. Is it 100% of the time, do you always find your training to be fun? Or do you have days where like, fuck it, or... <laughs> disclaimer, disclaimer, I swore. <laughs> but yeah, like, do you ever have days where like, no, not, not, no. Yeah, I guess so. I, I think so. I like to switch it up a lot, so it's... There's so many options. I just do what I want. Yeah. I kind of I kind of go the same way. Like, I never do the same workout two days in a row. So I'm always changing. So I do have those days, but not not often. Yeah. No, I agree. I think there's the odd day that comes where it's, it's definitely not fun some days. Yeah. Like some days are more fun than others. Definitely. In my head, before we started moving, I was like, I'm going to try to train while we're, working, while we're moving and doing all this stuff. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> I think moving move, is training. Yeah, it I was really just is. gonna say moving is definitely training. Like I am, my body is so sore right now for doing after doing this for a couple days. More carrying stuff <clears throat> up and down the stairs than I've done in a long time. We've we've definitely got our workout in. Yep, everything hurts and everything's sore. It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that little beginning intro aside. So, folks, today we are going to talk, uh, we're going to go into actually a very, very serious, but we're not going to make it overly academic or serious, but very serious topic because it is very common. Unfortunately, even more so nowadays than ever, I would say, just because of the lifestyle that seems to be happening. But uh, if anybody disagrees, definitely let us know, info at aspirehirefitness.com. But we are talking about obesity. So, of course, obesity is, it, it's, it's an epidemic. Fair to say, Yes. I think so. Yeah, according to all stats, stats, really. Um, right now, I'm just just did a quick Google search, and more people die of obesity in this day and age than they do of starvation now. That alone is kind of a like. Can you imagine? People are dying from eating too much, or and, eating the wrong stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, like you know, like that's the fact that that can happen, and there's there's still people starving, but not nearly as many people as are gorging i guess now what i'm talking about the eating aspect of it not necessarily because there is of course medical conditions that can cause it as well but right now i'm specifically referring to the the overeating aspect of course well and you know what there's a really interesting study came out i think it was last month that was talking about like the the statistics around death around um poor nutritional habits and they were actually identifying it as the lack of the lack of eating good quality food was 
more important than eating the bad food, which was kind of interesting to me. Hmm. So the, the, the fact that people are eating terrible food is obviously not not good, like sugar and fat and all the bad stuff. But it was actually, uh, this study was tying a lot of the, the statistics around disease and stuff around not eating enough stuff that's good for us, such as green vegetables and and fiber and that kind of stuff. Well, things, especially when you look at things like fiber, I mean, and well, just gut health, right? Gut health alone, that gut bacteria has such a major impact on your day-to-day life. And of course, if you eat bad foods, your gut bacteria just, it's, it dies off. It actually dies off. Whereas you eat good foods, it actually keeps it at a healthy level of gut bacteria to make sure you're efficiently processing your intake. Um, one thing now going, uh, we talked a bit earlier before we started the podcast today. So starting right from the root of it. Now I'm talking about pretty much childhood obesity, even necessarily if we go into it in utero obesity, uh, in utero, just because, um, I mean, of course people, some others will get gestational diabetes or, you know, anything that can cause hormone wonkiness to just be very, (laughs) the technical, the technical, well, I mean, just to be very general because there's so many different things, but, you know, starting from that point now, Dan, when we're talking about that stage, so we're talking very, very early. First off, Obviously, a child can't do anything for themselves yet. They don't know what to do, how to fix it. They don't even know what's going on. What are, before we even talk about the child being of age to start making decisions for themselves, what can a parent do to be protective? I mean, obviously, we know they want to make sure they're eating well. We know that. But aside from the obvious, the basics, what can we explore that would take it into something that's more proactive as opposed to just, let's eat well? Right. Well, I think number one thing, parents, parents can do is, is model the way for their kids. Um, I love it. Love and, it. Right. And showcase healthy habits to their kids, whether it be, you know, healthy eating habits or, or activity habits. A big one for kids right now, obviously, that gets a lot of uh, news time is, is screen time. And I think it's a very valid. I, I just walked by a school the other day and it was recess and all the kids were just sitting around on their phones. Were they even talking? Well, no, they weren't like, so there's, there's the whole socialization problem yeah. as well, but the, just from a pure uh, activity, physical standpoint, activity standpoint, like this is why kids are getting obese. And I mean, if you see, if, if a kid under the age of five is obese and doesn't have, like you say, there's some genetic condition or hormonal imbalance that's unfair, it's their, it's their parents' fault. They're not, they're not obviously modeling the way for their kid and they're they're in charge of the child so uh it really gets pretty frustrating when you see like obese three-year-olds drinking coca-cola yeah and And it sucks to say it parents out there and some of you may hate on us and again if you want to want to complain definitely launch us that email and photospirefitness.com oh that's two plugs with the email (laughs) but no no any of the complaints go to dan at seven movements (laughs) yeah but truthfully you're not wrong though like it's absolutely oh, no. true it's the parents who have to make the decision to say we're going to do this right because if they don't a kid can't make that decision yet they're ne- they haven't learned that yet and the thing like i just said they haven't learned that yet if a parent doesn't model that way they'll never learn it yeah like i say at a certain age if the kid's obese and there's no like it, there's no sort of disease factor at play it's the parents' fault. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I don't know who else you blame. No, I agree. 
And when it comes to being a little more sensitive to the fact that, yes, if they don't have an option to learn from a proper source, then I would say it does fall to the schools who are making things like physical activity an option as opposed to a mandatory program. I think that's where they would then have to step in, no? Because, I mean, somebody has to help these kids to learn. Society still has a a role to play. And like you say, if you have unhealthy parents, they're generally going to be creating unhealthy kids, which is unfair to the kid, but they can grow out of it if they get exposed to the, you know, uh, to better ways, let's call it, in in schools and, and educate themselves. Yeah. Right. Now, actually, um, when it comes to, don't, do you? Actually, I don't know. Did I ever ask you that? Do you do uh, youth nutrition planning, things like that? No, not really. Like, I work with kids. Yeah. Um, I knew you worked with them. That's what I was wondering. And uh, I don't I don't do any nutritional planning at all. I've got some certifications in nutrition, but I don't I don't really do much around that. Right. Uh, I think we get too we get too focused in on trying to create perfect diets for people. And we forget just like these foundational principles that we have to teach people first. Jerf. So I spend a lot of time in there, just like I do, like in the movement world, teaching sort of foundational movement principles to people rather than getting them to do all the fancy stuff right off the bat well it makes sense Uh, because without a foundation how can you do the fancy stuff exactly so like just you know if someone's not drinking enough water and not balancing meals um it's it's going to be pretty hard to fine-tune their nutrition from scratch right yeah you find fine-tuning means you have it in a pretty good place and now you're you're fine-tuning it uh if you're starting from a really terrible spot uh that's you're not fine-tuning you're you're making this gigantic behavioral change that won't happen overnight we know that i mean we see it all the time right that's the whole diet industry and then we also have to be cautious of the ones that are taking it too far because unfortunately we aside from the obesity side of it we also have the kids who are like i can't eat this because they've got that image in their head of i have to look this way and you know like so there's this fine line now because there's the I feel bad for kids nowadays. Like they're being bombarded. Don't be too fat. Don't be too skinny. Don't be too energetic. Don't be too lazy. Right. Like it's, they've been boxed up so much. It's no wonder they're kind of losing their, losing their minds nowadays. It seems. Well, they, yeah, they get screwed over every, from every direction. Right. It's like you say, there's all these pressures on them. And then as we were talking about screen time, they're on those screens. They're exposed to all kinds of messages that are creating really unhealthy, uh, body images for them and, and we get into into that space so yeah k- kids are are in not a great place right now we have to do a better job of educating them and like I say I think we need to just get back to the the real basics right yeah eat, eat more vegetables and fruit per day reduce your screen time go and move don't simple, drink sugar yep simple things yeah, like those, those are the simple things. And instead of getting into, like, say, uh, specific nutritional planning for kids and stuff, that gets kind of, uh, I think, outside of them dealing with a medical condition and, and going to a dietitian for a specific diet, uh, that becomes, I don't know, 
counterproductive for most kids, I think. Yeah. I think, and the thing with that, like, taking it to the basics is something a kid can figure out and follow very easily because it's, yeah. it's easy to understand. But when we get into the whole nutritional planning for a kid, I mean, that's a lot of stuff that they also have to include to worry about what they're eating on top of everything else they're going to be bombarded with. So, I mean, it only makes sense to say, you know what, keep it simple. Reduce the, the bad stuff increase the good stuff break it down really simply right like you said fruits and vegetables move that's all yeah right that's all they got it's all you got to worry about reduce the slurpees have a little more water or whatever your hydration preference is that's actually a hydration actually, choice say, if if they're kids like if we're talking about under five years old like no sugary drinks like maybe some juice once in a while but why a five-year-old or under is drinking a coke or or uh having a slurpee is is beyond me i don't i don't know how that benefits them in any way just an aside could you imagine just picture this folks a little baby taking too big a sip of slurpee can you imagine a baby's face with brain freeze oh man <laughs> sorry i just i had to do that just <laughs> I, i've seen i've seen kids in strollers with a bottle of coke right so oh for this, real this, yeah this isn't a weird phenomenon it's it happens and they, these And and then take it a step further. You get about 10 years old. Now I see them in Starbucks ordering coffee with What? milk and sugar. Yeah, I have noticed a lot of that too. That I mean, the the amount of sugar in Starbucks coffees is huge. And you've got really young kids going in to get. First of all, they're getting coffee at like 10 years old. And it's like, why the hell does a 10 year old need a? Ca a they don't. And all the the energy drinks and stuff it's like what is happening that you think you need well we know what's happening they're being told or being right. guided in that direction that they need it or it's well, popular funny, but like you say like we we come up with all these fancy solutions that we want to apply to, to kids um, and really the, the answers are simple like i say they're really foundational things and uh it sucks for the kids because if they don't have parents that are are modeling this stuff for them they're where are they going to learn it from yeah so that's where it becomes really tricky right yeah now with the um especially like we all well i shouldn't say we all that's a generalization majority of people who pay attention to nutritional advice health tips things like that know that processed white sugar is actually got an addictive substance to like it's it's an addictive thing so there is a chemical yeah. chemical reaction that happens when you eat sugar that actually under brain scans does produce the same effects as cocaine in the brain when it fires up the electrodes in your head so it's actually an addictive substance now being a kid starting that early well what else is going to happen you starting early on that sugar well you're never going to be able to let it go yeah you're right on the path to type 2 diabetes right yeah like what else you, and the thing is as you get older as you get bigger especially if you're dealing with obesity you don't think oh i need less as a kid you're growing up thinking well i'm bigger i need more so they increase the bad stuff you know like it's just a recipe for disaster oh absolutely i mean that's that's a big part of it and once we move into like you say if they don't have the home environment we need to make the school environment more healthy and, and start planning around like say getting kids moving more and eating better um when you guys that's not happening right now either yeah when we're talking about like the environment and schools and stuff i always think that um there should be more responsibility on government as well because as we know like it can be expensive to eat healthy 
So how do we like combat? That's one of the most common arguments you hear for people that maybe they want to feed their kids more healthy food and less processed stuff, but it's not always in the budget. Like, what do you, <clears throat> what do you think? Like, where does society need to step in and help people? Well, on that? on that note too, though, there's one thing when it comes to to the cost of food for sure, but as we we've seen. If you go and order a meal at McDonald's, it's not actually that cheap anymore. No, it's not. It is it is cheaper. Don't get me wrong, but it's not that much more. You know, like you could make that cost up. I'm absolutely certain of it because it's not so so much less expensive that it saves you a month's rent or you know like yeah. But I'm not even talking about fast food and stuff. Like if you go to the grocery store in the states, it's much cheaper to buy pop and chips and craft dinner and stuff like that than it is to buy chicken and veggies and that kind of stuff so i know there are ways like if and that's where i'm saying like with the government schools and stuff like do you think there there should be more responsibility on educating people on how to properly shop as well as eat like i think i'd be a proponent of the education piece if i I am reluctant sometimes to say that you get too involved in things because they generally mess it up. (laughs) Uh, Too many hands in the cookie jar. That type of stuff. However, I think there's there's a legitimate case to be made around taxing unhealthy food and then subsidizing healthier food. Yeah. There's a legitimate cost to society that come from consuming some of these bad foods yeah i agree sugar in particular but i mean bring up a sugar tax to people and there's a societal meltdown yeah from a healthcare perspective like i think if you're teaching people to eat right that actually is healthcare and will have a long-term benefit to society well because that's healthcare that's not sick care anymore that's actual healthcare yeah so i i'd definitely be a proponent of that and that's where i think government could get get more involved and like say helping make healthier food cheaper i like i'm more i i follow with bj that i think uh you can eat healthy cheap it just takes some creativity and yeah. it's less con- it's less convenient and that's really what it comes down to for a lot of people is it's yeah. a lot easier to you uh, need to plan yeah it's a lot easier to pick up some prepackaged stuff that that goes in the microwave versus actually making something and prepping it and putting it together and the sad thing is which um i know me and you have talked about before but trace me and you have talked about this multiple times but the fact of the matter is the unfortunate way society is is that the healthy people who are willing to make the changes are the ones putting the money into the system but they're the ones who least need it the ones who who need the help, need to get moving, need to do this, are the ones who find it less of a priority, you know? Like, I know people who are in immaculate shape, and then they'll still go and spend thousands upon thousands of dollars to keep themselves healthy. And then I know people who are in absolutely horrendous shape, and like, no, it's not in the budget. You know, like, there for some reason, there's a, I don't want to say backwards mentality, I would say maybe a lack of information, perhaps? That they there's, there's lack of information. I don't think it's wrong to say that there's just true um, ignorance. Okay. On, yep. A, a, around like what healthy eating is, 
and then there's just straight up laziness as well that's yeah you're right it's you're right part of the equation it's not the only part of the equation but it's part of it We're going into the mental aspect on that a little bit before we move on um would you say now the laziness aspect of it would we say that this is just another component of something else making them feel lazy is acceptable or do you think it's just you know what they're just lazy that's it well no there's there's lots of probably variables at play with with that right and the problem with especially obesity is the bigger you get the, the healthier you are the worse you feel the work less energy you have and the cycle continues right so it's it's a self-perpetuating problem that uh that it's hard to snap out of that cycle right yeah now don't worry everyone we're not just talking about the be all end all obesity apocalypse here we're gonna turn the corner now <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's not just all shit <laughs> well and, and let me just say this is the the um this is where i get really frustrated with the kids because you you put them in that cycle from five years old through no fault of their own yeah and they have to get out of it somehow like talk about screwing someone up and screwing them over is you put them in this really difficult spot to then be able to pull themselves out of it versus you know if, if you're an adult and you put yourself in that situation by choice that's you know that's a little bit of a different situation i think yeah, yeah. and we'll give respect to the fact that times change and the requirements and information available in any given time period changes as well so i would hope I don't know for sure, but I would hope that parents from the previous generation, parents from the future generations are doing their best. You know, I'm not saying you have to be perfect. I'm saying at least as long as you're doing your best, that that counts for something. But unfortunately, there are those ones who really do not give a shit. They're just like, nope, that's fine. Give them that. And that's, that's not talking about right. Like, like, I'm talking about, you know, mom or dad who put the coke in the baby stroller. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like that's, I understand that completely when you're saying that it's like, what's the point? They don't, they don't need it. They don't, there's no point to giving a kid something like that. Yeah. And there's, <laughs> there's plenty, like I say, most parents there, I agree with you. They are doing their best and they're trying. And like you say, if they're coming from uh, an unhealthy place themselves as a parent, it, how, how are they going to instill healthy habits into their kids? It's it's hard, right? And that's they're, where they actually have to make that that choice or that effort to say, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, it's super important, right? So parents out there, not actually even parents, people out there, because some of you may not have kids, this may be for you. You can do it. You can oh, yeah. actually change. Well, and you know what? Uncles and aunts and sisters and brothers and everyone can model the way for, for the younger generations. So... It doesn't always just have to be mom and dad. You're 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 right. Actually, that's absolutely right. Because there's other people in your life who, hopefully, they are anyone who's involved in that life is doing their best to try to give them something to make them better. That's right. So, getting into that that flip side now, <clears throat> when we're talking about how can we how can we address this? First of all, starting again, going just to the the very basic, the screen time needs to cut down. They need to move. They need to get up and move. And we're not just talking about kids anymore. No, now we're not talking about just the kids. We're talking about everybody now. <laughs> and yes, the irony is yeah. right now while doing this podcast, I am laying down. But as I just said, I've been moving for a lot of days and my body's sore from a lot of activity. So too bad. 
<laughs> My well, that's that's the problem. You don't need to go extreme, right? Like some, like even a day spent sedentary is fine. And if if it's just recovering and feeling good, mm-hmm. it's once you start stacking them up and you spend all your time there. Yeah, that's when we, <laughs> we have a problem. And the same thing with with screen time, right? Plus, like we've talked about this on other podcasts, is like the the actual activities we're spending time on our screens with are contributing to our lack of health anyways and then the screen time itself is contributing to our lack of health so it's like a you know getting slapped with your open hand and then getting the backhand on the way back through yeah (laughs) actually my uh one of my family members made a funny joke and i couldn't help but laugh even though it was actually awful uh they made a joke you know everybody is familiar with p90x i'm sure it's fairly popular program out there um but his joke was i do the p3 or p365x and i'm like what's p365 and he's like every 365 days i do a workout (laughs) (laughs) it was funny but then i'm like no (laughs) well it's better than zero i suppose (laughs) yes it it is it was a funny joke but then i'm like but no let's let's not do that (laughs) yeah no i think like say like screen time's a a, a huge one well and just sedentary time in general right it's yeah why we started seven movements it's just a major major problem is prolonged bouts of sitting basically or sitting or laying or, or causing us all kinds of health problems what's the current standard is it 20 minutes every 20 minutes you should stand up uh yeah you want to act against gravity every 20 minutes 20, or so. yeah. uh, at, at least a little bit and then um I forget what, uh, I'd have to look up the standard as far as what they're saying for, for actually getting movement every certain amount of time. Right. I remember the, the old guard kept to the pretty standard exercise programming of three days a week. Right. That was the the old guard, but things, of course, as we were saying earlier, things change with time and whatnot. So, and and all this stuff's good. Like three times a week still exists. I think we say 150 minutes of moderate to intense exercise a week Mm -hmm. um, is is what people are aiming for. But what we're also learning is, like you say, like breaking up frequent or long bouts of sitting with movement is equally as important uh, to long term health outcomes as just getting your exercise in all at once and everybody needs to understand this out there too you have to understand that that little bit of movement that standing up every 20 minutes just to move it's not actually a little impact it's a major impact on your long-term life and health it's not little this is actually a big deal and that's why like dan's program is extremely successful because there's so many people who are starting to realize after using his program how much it's helping just from those seven just from seven minutes in the morning or just from the different things he puts out or just from our boot camps the way people feel um actually going back to what uh, dan was saying about parents modeling for their kids one of my clients that was actually one of her big motivators for training is that she's showing her kids who watch her work out because she works out with me online they're watching her work out and they're like mom's being healthy mom's giving me good foods i'm mom's eating good food so what are they going to do they're going to do the exact same thing absolutely it's actually one of the reasons my my little sister uses our take seven program because she does it with my niece right and it is kind of funny though because john my co-founder is in a lot of the videos on there 
And Alara, my niece, started to think that that was her uncle Dan. <laughs> <laughs> so she thinks I'm, you know, uh, a short little redheaded guy. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of that Chris Rock joke. When your daughter starts calling your grandma mom and her mom Pam, you fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, we're just going to take a quick power poop break and pee break if you need one and have a quick commercial break. And we will be right back. Talk to you in a few. Hello, this is Vijay Prasad with Spire Higher Health and Fitness. Did you know that we offer a seven day free trial for our online boot camps? If you don't know what an online boot camp is, We'll make it very simple for you because all you need to do is have a little bit of space, some dumbbells, and a Wi-Fi connection. We offer online classes daily, Monday to Friday. Monday and Tuesday, they're at noon. Wednesday through Friday, they are at 7, 8, and 9 a.m. Every day is a different workout, and they are live with a small group. All you need to do is get to that computer screen or monitor, and we'll take care of the rest. If you want to try one of our online boot camps and get that fitness goal achieved, especially starting this coming year, then definitely give us a shout. You can email us, info at aspirehighfitness.com. Let's book you in and get things started. So just for some of you out there that may not know, the obesity can lead to a lot of other problems in your life. Lots of diseases, type 2 diabetes, which Dan brought up already, but all kinds of other medical problems that maybe people aren't aware of. So let's just take a couple minutes and talk about some of those things that people need to think about when making those choices at the grocery store and whatnot, what kinds of problems these things can can lead lead us into. Well, right off the bat, I mean, when it comes to obesity, you know, automatic, the first thing most people think about with obesity is fat. Now, I'm not saying to poke at people and be like, you're fat. I don't mean it that way. I mean, literally, the first thing in your head when you hear obesity is fat, regardless of what that fat is, that's the first thing most think of. So, from our perspective as professionals, when we think of obesity and fat, we're not thinking of the body type only. We're actually thinking about lipids into your going into your arteries and veins, and we're talking about clogging, and we're talking about your heart, heart disease. disease, and we're talking about high blood pressure. We're talking about the actual symptoms, because as I said before the break, it is serious. It's not, yes, we're kind of making jokes along the way, because we want you to understand that it's something you can deal with, it's something you can manage, it's something you can handle, and something you can change, but don't take it lightly because it is serious. There's a reason why it's considered a disease. Yeah. Can I give you some stats right now? Absolutely. Yeah. So so in Canada right now, about 59% of adult Canadians are considered overweight or obese. Sorry, how much? 59. 59%. Wow. Right? If trends continue, it'll be about 70% by uh, 2040 for adults age 40 or older. And anyone who is overweight or obese or has an unhealthy weight statistically has an increased risk of heart disease, cancer, stroke, and type 2 diabetes. So then we can get into what this costs society and and individuals, but those are kind of the statistics that I know light up for me anyways. It was like, okay, that's almost 6 in 10 
Canadian adults right now are overweight or obese. Now think of that, folks. By 2040, they're saying that only 30% of the population is going to be healthy. Yeah. Like that, if you look at the grand, the grand scheme of things, if you look at the entire population of a country, that's how many millions of, what are we at now? Um, let's count it at. 30 million. 30 million? million, a little over that, yeah. So that, yeah, so in 2040, you're going to have, that's roughly what, 22 million people? Well, we're talking about adults age 40 or over, according to statistics. Oh, okay, so, so not, not the entire country. Okay, but nonetheless. It's a, it's a lot of people, and obviously it's uh, <laughs> it's it's pretty staggering. And, and the big one for me is like when you, you start looking at longevity. So usually people who are overweight or obese are going to are gonna both die on average three to seven years earlier than someone with a healthy weight. Same, same sort of conditions, right? So that's quite a bit. That's you're a huge amount. Years, you're, you're taking years off your life just just by being heavy. So, and it, think of it this way: conversation. the years that you're taking off your life, it's not only about the years you lose; it's also about the the years you're supposed to be living. If you're that heavy, that you're in that obese spectrum, and you chose not to do anything to make it better. That means that not only will you be dying five to seven years earlier than you should, what are you doing in those last years? I'll guarantee you're not out partying with your friends. You're not going for a jog. You're not doing good things. There's a high probability if you're in that position that if you wait that long, you're sitting on the couch waiting to die, which is not living. Yeah, there's a quality of life issue for sure, especially later in life. We should mention too, though, like when we say obesity... We're not just talking about people that are hundreds of pounds overweight. Like, there's this range, yeah. Yeah, and like you don't actually have to be. It, what is it like? Maybe twenty pounds overweight to be considered obese. Yeah, and I mean, there's some real. Um, the the problem with some of these statistics is they're probably using BMI to to, to calculate get a, get a total calculation, which applied to an individual isn't a very effective tool right. to determine yeah. someone's health and well-being but for just kind of overall general population statistics it's pretty valuable because it does end up uh predicting you know rates of you know cancer stroke heart disease uh they can do things like calculate costs on a healthcare basis that kind of thing using that once we start taking that and then applying it to individuals then we have a problem because I, i'm sure vj you've run across clients who are very healthy but might be categories categorized close to obese or, or definitely overweight uh when they're just not right yeah oh gee like when i was uh fighting at heavyweight division yeah according to the bmi i was morbidly obese but i was only at i think it was 12 percent body fat at the time so that's what he's talking about with the bmi it's it's a general is it's general it's not an accurate read but that being said i know i spent actually i think a, a whole episode <laughs> way back in the or near general podcast yeah. complaining about BMI because I don't like them. But I would rather in this case err on the side of caution and say, you know what, let's take the BMI numbers because it's higher, which will bring more attention to it. So I'm well, okay with no, that. It, it, it's, it's because it's you're, you can't, it's the wrong tool to measure individual health. But yes. It's a great tool to measure population, population health. Yeah, yeah. Because it balances itself out over, over like great numbers. numbers, right? Yeah. So. 
I think it's important that people know, though, like sometimes people might have a skewed perception of what obesity is and they think that it obesity is talking about the person that's four or five hundred pounds. Well, no, I think it's important that, you know, you could be considered obese and you and and you're not really that overweight, but you're you just don't know that you're you're at the same risk as a lot of other people so you need to take it seriously well even that other end of the spectrum like how many of you out there might have heard the term skinny fat right so not just the obese people but the skinny fat people are people who they look like they're in decent condition but they don't take care of their bodies and so their insides are one of the problems so that that build up of fatty tissue is actually happening on the inside but they can't see it so they assume that they're healthy so this isn't us picking on people who are considered obese if we open up that spectrum to look at what I just said, we're talking about everybody who just plain doesn't take care of themselves, right? I mean, if you don't take that time to invest in your own health, the obvious expectation, don't be shocked when it happens. Yeah, and that's, I think it's valid to make the point that there are people who have excessive fat accumulation on their body that are taking care of their health. And uh, it's there for all kinds of, various reasons so like we were saying earlier like some people have medical conditions and stuff that understandable that's not them not making right choices that's they're dealing with a medical thing that they have they they don't have full control over right but But i think we've hedged we've hedged enough i mean really we're talking about people who are unhealthy yeah for for the purposes of this podcast this is for those of you out there who can take the accountability by choice make a difference for yourself and choose to live a longer, happier, healthier life. This is for you right now. Right. So where, where do they start, DJ? I'm going to say now, again, going back to just the very basics, I already said move, yes. But the thing is, don't overcomplicate eating. Too many people are like, oh, I got to watch this. I got to count these calories. I got to how much protein am I getting? How much? Don't overcomplicate it. Dan, you ever go, do you remember years ago when you were working for a certain organization that I won't say out loud because we weren't happy there? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but I asked you something and you're like, you didn't say anything other than jerf. Yeah. Right? And so folks, for those of you who haven't heard that acronym, jerf means just eat real food. Not processed, prepackaged stuff. Not that. We're talking about the outside aisles of the grocery store where everything's fresh, real, grown, uh, you know, raised, however you want to phrase it, if you're meat eaters, if you're vegetarians, grown, whatever. But the fact is eating real food, eating real product, not stuff that's chemically produced is going to be a major influence on your health. So if you can start even there, it's a simple method. Now, this doesn't mean eat less when you eat well. Oh, <laughs> just one moment here. Got it. Got it. That was a big, big ring. I'm sorry. But yeah, if you're eating well, if you're taking care and being conscious of what you're eating, you actually can eat more and actually quite a bit more in some cases. Right. So nutrition will always, I think, be first. And the reason why I say starting with nutrition is because no matter how old you are, when you start having sense to start figuring things out, you directly can control what you choose to put in your body. Right. I think think you nailed it. I mean, it's really... Uh, we have too many people trying to hack their way into some sort of like weight loss scheme. Yeah. Via you know all of the uh, the numerous ways, whether it be shakes and supplements or or strange diet plans, or they read the newest book by their favorite celebrity that is touting some new diet plan. Yeah. So if we need to simplify it. We always well when I talk to clients, it's three foundation principles. You name the first one. 
just eat real food. Two is learn to listen to your body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So when the the reason that one's a foundation principle is that way when when you learn to listen to your body, you won't pick up Gwyneth Paltrow's latest book and assume that it's going to work for you and just start eating and and then it starts feeling like crap, but you're not listening to your body, so you just keep plugging away, hoping yeah. it's going to work. And then the third principle we always talk about is recognizing the fact that your body's unique. So what works for you, VJ, might not work for me, and that's okay. And we have to be okay with that and experiment a little bit. But as long as we're experimenting with real food, as that's the foundation of our diet, we're going to be fine. And yeah. we're going to get healthier slowly and surely. Now, going into, because I know this is one of those things that a lot of people are going to come across, especially if you're using those specific principles, going into the fact of listening to your body, remember, listening to your body isn't necessarily the same thing as listening to your brain, right? right? Your body, if your body feels sick, your body feels sick. If your brain says, let's power through it, sometimes that can work, but you have to be careful. Yeah, I mean, we... The reason that one pops up is because we have a diet industry that's focused on, uh, like, for example, we have have so many people now doing the ketogenic diet, right? Yeah, yeah, the big trend. They're all excited. They're going to eat keto and everything's going to be amazing for them. And they have uh, most of the proponents of the keto diet tell them they're supposed to feel like shit for the first week or so and go through the keto flu and. And then they're going to come out on the other side and they're going to feel amazing and all of their health problems are going to magically go away. And well, one, we know that doesn't happen. Yeah. And two, we know that the ketogenic diet is not a sustainable diet for a lot of people. Some people might be able to pull it off and feel good. And that's the way they're going to eat for the rest of their lives. For the majority of people, we know it's not. And we need to help people. Say, listen to your body. If it's saying this isn't good for you, like I don't feel good <laughs> eating this way. Like if I if I start eating vegan and three months down the road, I need eighteen hours of sleep and I feel like shit. Like there's something wrong with your diet here, and you're gonna have to adjust. And I remember. And that's okay. One of the things I remember from uh, I can't remember which one it was, but they were like for the first week minimum. You're going to have a perpetual headache and that's just the toxins filtering out of your system. Right. And it's like, I don't think that's great. <laughs> like, well, it's just not true. <laughs> right? Like our bodies, your body's detoxing right now, PJ. We know that. We have organs yeah. that are specifically there to, to detox. We don't need their special like shake or supplement that's going to pump the toxins out of our body. Like... There's so much nonsense in that industry right now that it's it's stunning. And it's so obvious why the consumer gets confused. Yes. I mean, I get confused. And I'm in it. Yeah. Like, know what's going on. And some of them are enticing to me. And I'm like, oh, I'd like to try that. Like, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. There's somewhere they just pop out and like, that looks like it could be it, good. Right? It clicks in your mind and you're like... and then you're like well no like we know this isn't going to work long term like i always look for kind of the longevity of a diet yeah and i'll ask something like all right so you're telling me you're gonna be able to eat this way for the rest of your life and if the answer is no then stop stop and go 
go back to like say those foundation principles that's where it all starts and with eating real food it's simple yeah you don't have to look at a bag you don't have to watch for a, a head of cabbage is a head of cabbage right yeah. <laughs> and apples an apple and orange an orange when you look at prepackaged stuff you have to read a label to see what it is yeah right like well, and then once we have the foundation down right once we're there then we can fine-tune then you go see your nutritionists and your dietitians and and your, your nutrition coaches and stuff and you you can fine-tune your diet then but when we're going from zero again we're trying to go from zero to ten forgetting about going from zero to one or zero to two and it's a mistake well we know it's a mistake because they fail yeah there's every single dieter out there knows that, that, that they end up failing in the long run because they're dieting yeah it's not it's not a long-term solution with uh with the diets as they are the worst part is they're being hailed right like they're 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 being trends and something trendy gets people's attention because it's the new big thing and unfortunately the industry has created a market for it that now the majority of the population is buying into saying it's all over the news it's all over tv all my friends are on i should do it too but like you were saying before principle three everyone is unique just because it works for your friend or the person on tv that may not work for you but then they're setting up saying guaranteed this will work or your money back and it's like no no guarantee because it you shouldn't have to say that if it works yeah, absolutely. And then you get to like the low end of that spectrum. At least some of these diets are rooted in eating real food, mm-hmm. like even keto and, and vegan, paleo, all, all of the diets. Generally, they're kind of encouraging you to, to eat, you know, uh, a whole food diet, yeah. essentially. Right? For, for the most part. For the most part. Yeah. But then we have like, let's call them the bottom feeders of the diet industry. The the isogenics of the world and the shakeology of the world yeah who, who are convincing people that they're gonna live on a shake a day for the rest of their life like that's that's pretty stunning this is gonna sound funny for some of our uh viewers who are in the older demographic viewers listeners listeners, <laughs> listeners in the older demographic but shakeology stuff like all the shakes and all that that's not actually a new thing, by the way. Some of you no. may remember something called Slim Fast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was the exact principle of Slim Fast, but people looked at Slim Fast and they're like, that's garbage. And they're like, ooh, this one sounds more medical. <laughs> it sounds fancy. Well, that's the thing. They just reinvent these things. Like, really, if you look close to the ketogenic diet, it's kind of a reinvented Atkins diet. Yeah. From if, if people remember the Atkins diet from... From way back in the day yep. yeah uh, so i like how you brought up slim fast because it's true it's just it's just kind of the evolution of that it, they never work they usually get celebrities and stuff that are you know promoting them that probably aren't ever going to use these products themselves that but, keep regaining the weight yet people don't realize maybe the product's not that great if they can't keep the weight off no offense yeah. to her because i love her because she's funny but christy alley come on <laughs> come on <laughs> How many times have we gone through this? Stick to comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Jenny Craig is not your friend. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, like that's that's the struggle of a lot of people who are like, we we have a diet industry that I, I forget how many billions of dollars it was just in Canada alone 
um, that doesn't give people good long-term health information. It's short-term, quick fix stuff that generally either it doesn't work in the long term or it does long-term damage by screwing up people's metabolisms. And then when they do start eating well, they end up gaining weight and they freak out and, uh, and panic because their, their body's like, what the hell is going on here? Well, think about it this way too. Like you look at someone who, for example, using a keto diet, I am not someone who diets. I eat well. Yeah. I eat good foods. I eat good quantities. I eat well. I don't diet. I may probably come off more like a paleo diet if you were to look at what I'm eating. That's not because I'm going paleo. That's because that's the stuff I like to eat. Right. But at the same time, I still don't say, no, I'm never going to eat bread again. If there's bread and I look, I think I want to eat it, I'll eat it. Now, right. when you think of something like certain diets like keto, for example, they are hard on your system. Now, that's why they say, well, now you have to reintroduce certain foods. Your right. body shouldn't feel sick from eating something different just because you hardcore slammed it with a diet that's supposed to make you feel better that all of a sudden they're going to be like, oh, and then aside from that too, they say, expect to gain some of the weight back because you're reintroducing these foods you weren't eating for a while. So why did you do it in the first place? Hello? Short term. No, <laughs> like everyone's silent on me there. Sure. Well, it is in short term results. I mean, we I've had this battle so many times with people where it gets to the point where it's like, just go do it and I'll, I'll see you in three months when you're probably heavier than you are now, where you probably had a 15 pound drop because all diets work in the short term. Yeah. Like calorie deficit and you generally start eating whole foods. And that's the, it's the short term fix is exactly what it sounds like. And folks, I hate to break the news to you. If it's a short term fix that says buy our product, buy our product, understand that if someone's saying you have to buy our product to get healthy, it's not a good plan. Well, it's, yes, like, that's the ones I'll push back on right away is any of these, this, like, powders and pills and shakes. And they're just, they're, they're, they're horseshit for people, but they have great marketing schemes. Yep. Right? Like, it's a tool of profit. It's not, they're not thinking about your health. They're thinking about how much money they can make. Yeah. Well, I get contacted by one of these people almost every day. And every once in a while, I'll indulge just to see who the person is that's pushing the product. Oh, yeah. I was going to say seller product, seller product, those people. It, it's generally just some person that doesn't even know what's in the product that, you know, used it for a few days and decided that since they're on about a 900 calorie day diet, they lost some weight, probably a lot of water weight like you do with the <laughs> keto diet. And now they're touting these miracle results. And trying to get you in their downline to sell the product to your friends. So I'm gonna it's, I'm it's not gonna say the I'm not gonna say the name, but I'm hoping <laughs> if they if they hear it and they remember it, I'm sorry, but it's true. If you hear it and you're listening and you don't remember it, then I'm all good. But I had a friend who was into selling shakes and products of that nature. And because, yes, I'm a personal trainer, so they called me like, well, why don't you sell this product for me? I didn't initially just jump on the no. I'm like, okay, well, tell me about this product because I know very much about the product and what it's in it and stuff because it's one of the ones I adamantly am against. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, tell me what's in this. And they're like, well, if you go to my site, then, and I'm like, nope, stop right there. I don't want to go to your site. Tell me what's in the product. And the response was, well, I can't. I don't know off the top of my head. And then I'm like, 
you just called me and this is what's in your product. If I know what's in your product and you don't, this, you're not going to sell anything. And then we got into the base of why it's bad. They didn't talk to me for months. Well, it's because it's, it's too bad. Like, I feel like their their heart's in the right place, generally. Yeah. They're, they're, they think and they're helping people. But we're, like, we know this. Like I say, like, what we're looking at a 70% obesity rate in Canada in for people over 40 by the, by the year 2040. Like, the, if this stuff was working, that number would be trending downwards. Yeah, you're, yeah. that's exactly right. If it was working, right. you're right, yeah. Because we have more and more of these products. I see a new new one come across my inbox almost every day. And the proof is in the pudding. It's right there. It's right in our faces. Yep. We're losing. And it's unfortunate that uh, that we're not able to, like, say, just go back to basics and get your foundation first. If you don't have your foundation right, it's pointless to go and talk to someone yet, even. Yeah. It, it, just just basics drink water and eat whole foods and spend a little time trying to find because this is the other thing which i think is worth mentioning don't just eat it because it's healthy if you don't like it don't force yourself to eat it there's other options but that's the thing with real food there's options if you don't like apples go for oranges if you don't like oranges find another fruit but the fact is just because they say eat a kale salad doesn't mean you have to eat a kale. So I wouldn't eat kale anyway, but um, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to eat what they say because it's healthy. Eat what works for you because as Dan was saying in principle three, we're all unique. What works for one isn't necessarily for the other. So you have to find what works and understand that, yes, it's an experiment. It's trial and error because we won't know till we, till we try something to know if we like it for one, if it works for us too, and if it's actually something sustainable, number three. Well, folks, we are coming over to the end of our time here. Thank you for joining us again today. So you can always email Dan at 7movements, especially with all of your complaints. He'll let me know. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah. Try to sell me some... Uh, some isogenic. Or, <laughs> or, <laughs> or you can reach us at info at And we want to hear from you because we went through a lot of serious stuff. And, of course, we did keep it light, but... It is serious. You have to take responsibility of taking care of you. Thank you, everyone, for joining us again today. So this is Vijay Prasad of Spire Higher Health and Fitness. And, of course, Dan, thank you for joining us on our weekly talk. Thank you. And Tracy. Thank you, everybody. And we'll be back again. Make sure you tune in. Subscribe. (laughs) Take care, folks. Hello all, this is Vijay Prasad with Aspire Higher Health and Fitness, and I want to know from you what you have to say. If you have any comments or questions, anything that you want clarification on in our podcast, or even if you want to be included somehow, just let us know by sending us a quick email. Our email address is info at aspirehigherfitness.com, and we want to hear from you. Any ideas, any comments, any questions, any concerns, we want to know what you want to know. Take care. Thanks for listening to our Aspire Higher Health and Fitness podcast. If you do want to find us, you can find us on the internet 
the internet, the web, www.aspirehigherfitness.com. And you can email us, info at aspirehigherfitness.com. Definitely let us know if you want to try that free trial online boot camp. We are in Mountain Standard Time, and that is going to be run via Facebook. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe so we can continue to help you level up your life. Aspire Higher Health and Fitness, it's about overcoming.